Welcome to the Culture of Things podcast with Brendan Rogers. This is a podcast where we talk all things culture, leadership and teamwork across business and sport. If you would like a chance to win a $30 e-gift card of your choice, answer the question at the end of this episode. The e-gift card is with compliments from our friends at Jangler. Hello everybody, I'm Brendan Rogers, the host of the Culture Things podcast. This is episode 42. Today I'm talking with Randy McNeely. For over 20 years, Randy worked in the information technology, information security and cybersecurity arena, working across multiple verticals including healthcare, Department of Defense, intelligence, community and consulting services. Following the mass shootings in California and Texas in July 2019, Randy authored the book, The Kindness Givers Formula, Four Simple Steps for Restoring Light, Hope, Love, Unity and Peace to Our Troubled World. He then pivoted away from cybersecurity and information security to focus full-time on kindness advocacy for individuals and within organizations. Randy loves people and has always been a passionate advocate of kindness and the effects of kindness on individuals both personally and professionally. He firmly believes in both the positive engagement and economic power of kindness and the amazing ability kindness has to strengthen personal and professional relationships, which are the key to success in business and in life. To that end, he recently founded the PPOC Institute specifically to provide cultural transformation solutions for both organizations and individuals. Randy is known as the Chief Kindness Officer. Randy's married to the amazing Kimberly McNeely, and they are blessed to be the parents of five children, four daughters and one son. The focus of our conversation today is leading with kindness and how kindness can create a world-class culture. Randy, welcome to the Culture Things podcast. Thank you so much, Brendan, for having me on. It's a wonderful opportunity to be here with you. Thank you. I appreciate that kind introduction. Absolute pleasure, mate. We'll get you to tell a little bit more about yourself and what got you into kindness. But first of all, tell us, what does PPOC Institute mean and what is that about? PPOC stands for the Positive Engagement and Economic Power of Kindness. And it's basically my organization that I have founded to be able to work with individuals and organizations to help them create world-class cultures, personally and professionally. I'm a uh, certified culture-wise consultant. I look for organizations anywhere from uh, 20 to 100 people who may already have a pretty good culture, but what they, I help them take it to the next level by helping them codify that culture, meaning they identify the behaviors that have enabled them to create the culture that they have, and they, I put the methodology around increase or introducing habits and rituals around those behaviors so that they can in, practice them continually and ingrain them into the organization over time. So let's say the owner leaves, but they want to leave a legacy of having that wonderful culture continue for generations, you know, for decades to come. With the culturized methodology, they can do that. We can help them so that they establish a method that creates that or maintains that culture forever. I want you to go back into your past and think about what actually got you into kindness. I know you had, you know, you've got a strong faith and you've spent time in as a mission in Argentina, fascinating stories you got from that scenario. But what was it about your past? You know, you're in this information security side of things and then it's like, wow, I woke up one morning and you know what? Kindness is it for me and this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to moving forward. 
Uh, interestingly, I've always uh, had a desire to give kindness and share kindness with people, you know, for most of my life. And a big part of that is because I was so blessed to have good friends who were there for me, who showed great kindness to me at a time in my life when my family was going through some real challenges. My father made some severe mistakes. He was getting prosecuted. And, you know, as you might imagine, as a teenager, that's super embarrassing. And it was all over the newspapers. I lived in a small town. It was on the news. It was on the in newspapers and just a really tough time. And I was so blessed to have good friends who reached out and put their arms around me, let me know that they loved me, let me know that they cared, extended so much kindness toward me that I, I've never forgotten that. And I've always had a soft spot in my heart for people who are going through challenges and through tough times because I understand what it's like to have those challenges. I may not you know, go through some of the same things that they are, but I know what it's like to feel down and discouraged and feel like you know, life is maybe not necessarily worth living. I've been there and, and had those dark times. And again, people, people reaching out and, and bringing me back into the light with their love, with their kindness, with their hope engendering goodness towards me has just made me always sensitive to those kind of things. So coming back to why would I, you know, I, I had a good career. I, I had been a consultant and, and had great opportunities in the information security world. And that hasn't changed. I mean, the need for cybersecurity and information security and, and, protection of digital data has not gone away. It's, it's going to just continue to grow. But there's a, a massive gap in our society in the sense that we hear about climate change, physical climate change all the time, you know, and all the things that are, are happening and the things we need to be doing to take care of our world, our planet, which, you know, it's important. We should be taking good care of our planet. What we don't hear about is the societal climate change that's going on. I mean, just a perfect example here in the United States this last year, you know, so much division and divisiveness because of the election, because of politics and all the racial unrest and, and upheaval, the protests and the riots and the businesses and lives being destroyed because of anger and all that erosion that is going on in society because of those things in our society, particularly, but it's not just limited to the United States. People, civility seems to have gone out the window in so many ways. And then all the, you know, of course, the violence surrounding the shootings. We had so many shootings here in the United States last summer. And I just got to a point where, you know, I can't sit back and not do something. I'm just one person. But even if I can touch one or two other people's hearts, I can have a, potentially have a ripple effect out from there. They might touch other people's hearts. They might touch other people's hearts and have it go out from there. I, I can't just sit back and hope that somebody else is going to take care of this or, or wait for the politicians to do something, which, you know, I, I could be waiting and I'd still be waiting because they, you know, we know how that works out <laughs> a lot of the time. And so I felt compelled to write my book, you know, I, the, the kindness givers formula. I, we talked a little bit about that. And it's a simple formula to inspire people to create a daily intentional habit of giving kindness. And through the example of honeybees, I can talk to people about that, bringing up the example of honeybees. Through, through little simple acts, we can make a big difference. Honeybees only live six to eight weeks. In that time, they travel to thousands and thousands of flowers. They travel an equivalent distance of, of, the, of where they could circumnavigate the globe 
with the amount of miles that they travel in six to eight weeks and they're gathering nectar yet they come back and they only produce one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey each individual bee that doesn't seem like a whole lot but that little contribution is vital to the hive and you get 20 to 60,000 bees working together they can produce anywhere from 60 to 80 maybe even 100 pounds of honey in a year which is you know more than enough for the hive and obviously gives us as humans a whole bunch of extra sweetness <laughs> to deal with same thing with our little tiny actions you know, I'm one person, but if I can influence two or three other people and then they influence, it, it can ripple out from there. And you think about this, what would happen if every day millions or even, dare I say, billions of people were getting up and saying, I'm going to be a kindness giver today. I'm going to think of and plan potential ways to be kind. Then I'm going to look for ways and act on those ways to be kind. And I'm going to invite and encourage other people to do the same thing. Think about how that would transform our world. Boy, I went off on a tangent, but I mean, that's you, you got me started. That's, that's why I do what I do now. I love people and I've seen the difference that kindness can make. I've, I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it as I have tried to be kind to other people and, and other people, have, I've seen the actions that other people have taken. Kindness can make a huge difference, not, not only individually, but in organizations as well. Let's explore that point, Randy. I can ask you the simple question about, you know, what does kindness look like? But let's put this kindness thing into action. How about you share a moment where you felt this is a really memorable moment for you where somebody has shown you an extreme level of kindness and how that's made you feel what you've done off the back of that? Oh, my goodness. There's been so many different things, but I'm going to go back to that time when I was a teenager. I was 14 years old. For some reason, even though you know, I don't know why my friends asked me to be our class representative at, at, at my junior high school, you know, the middle school, if you will, from for eight grades seven to six, seven or seven, eight, nine at the time, they asked me to be my class representative, and and the student body president, who was the, over the whole student council, asked me if I would type up the agenda for a meeting that we were going to have, and so. I typed up the agenda. I got there early. I set the agendas out on the desks because there are going to be like, I don't know, 10 or 12 other students in that meeting. And one of my friends, a beautiful young lady that was a cheerleader, she was always happy and kind and, and nice to everybody. She comes bouncing in the class, you know, and all, all, she's always bubbly, always, <laughs> just always energetic, kind of like the Energizer Bunny. But she uh, picked up one of the agendas and she looks at it and she says to me, you know, did you know you misspelled the word miscellaneous? And she didn't, you know, it wasn't in an unkind way. She was just pointing out. I picked it up. I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, inside I'm, I'm dying. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, golly, you know, and, but I, I said, oh, I did. I guess you think I'm pretty stupid, huh? That's what I said, because that's, that tells you where my self-esteem was at the time. That's how I felt about myself. And without missing a beat, she responded back and said, oh no, I don't. I think you're pretty neat. And I, I've never forgotten that, Brendan. At the time, I had no idea how much I needed to hear that. No idea. But it pierced me right to the heart. And, and I literally, I said, thank you. But then I had to turn. I turned and walked out of the room. I got outside in the hall and there was nobody in the hall. It was in between class or it was during class. I ran to the bathroom, locked myself in a stall and just sat there and cried. I cried because somebody thought I was neat. And for me... And but from my own experience, I felt like that that was, you know, that the God was telling me, hey, you're OK, you're OK. And you're going to make it through this challenge, you know, through these challenges. 
And I've never forgotten that. And, and so that has been a driver in the back of my mind, a big driver for me wanting to give back and to give kindness to other people. I mean, there's been a whole lot of other, a whole bunch of other experiences, but that one in particular, I've told that story and it's impacted people all over the place, all over the world. I, I shared that story in an interview I did yesterday with a lady in, Uni in the United Arab Emirates. I've shared it in, in a bunch of other places and people have come back and told me, you know, how much they appreciated it because not, not because I'm trying to hold myself up as, as a light or anything else like that, but it's just a simple example of the power of words and how they can ripple out through time. I mean, for crying out loud, it's been 36 years since that happened. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And so if I, if I can, if she can have that kind of effect on me, what kind of effect can my words, the things that I'm saying have on other people? If I can be kind and, and say, you know, let somebody know that I'm thinking about them and, and have that kind of impact, then I'm going to try to do it every single day if I can <laughs> and everything I do. Because I never know, you never know, we never know when we're going to have that kind of impact on somebody. She probably didn't even think about it. In fact, I, I talked to her about it 25 years later. She's like, really? <laughs> I, I was just pointing, <laughs> I was just, just being nice. She had no idea how much it had impacted my life. So that's really what drives me. And that's now, you know, in organizations that I've worked in, I have a boss. I, I, let me rephrase that. I have a colleague that was my director bringing this experience into a modern time. He did the same thing. You know, I made a, I made a mistake that cost our company, you know, it unfortunately cost our company about like $10,000 or something like that, or $15,000. And I was really kind of feeling down on myself, but he uh, said to me, he says, well, so what are you going to learn from this experience? <laughs> and, and that's all he said. He didn't get mad. He didn't get upset. He said, just, he said, he says, take this, learn from it and do better next time. You'll, and, and, I, and I'm confident that you will. When he said that, that experience, that previous experience with my friend came immediately into my mind. And I just thought, wow, you know, this guy gets it. He understands how to treat people and how to help them maintain their confidence or have confidence in a situation where he could have really just smushed me. Such fantastic examples, very impactful examples. Thank you for sharing. And the phrase or quote that's just ringing in my ears is that, People don't remember what you do, but they remember how you made them feel. Exactly. And it's just so powerful. So once again, thanks for sharing that. And thankfully, we're recording this video episode as well. So people will be able to see the emotion. They can hear it in your voice, but actually being able to see the emotion in your face is, uh, is very powerful. So with, with that sort of impact and this term, Chief Kindness Officer, what responsibility does that bring for you, having this term around you, Randy McNeely, the chief kindness officer? It keeps me on my toes. I have to be self-aware. I have to be emotionally intelligent. I have to be self-aware and be careful about the things that I say and do. Not that I'm walking on eggshells or anything like that, but I, I want to make sure that when I speak to people that I can have a positive impact every time. You know, I, <laughs> am I perfect at it? No, my wife and kids will be the first ones to tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, and the interesting thing is I really have to work at being careful about my self-talk. And I'll say, because we spend 100% of our time with ourselves, you know, we spend 100% of our times with ourselves. And so you, you've heard the statement, you know, I'm my own worst critic. 
Well, why is that? Because we can't get away from ourselves. We know all that dirt. <laughs> you know, they talk about you know digging up the dirt and bringing out the skeletons in the closet. Well, we we know our own. You know, we know about our own skeletons. We know about our own dirt, mistakes that we've made, things that might be embarrassing if they you know if they got out into the public, whatever it is. So it's so easy to be our own critic. I have to work really hard to be kind to myself because I'm a recovering perfectionist. In the past, I've really had a hard time with not trying to be perfect at everything. And, and you can't, nobody can. And so I have to be self-aware and be careful how I talk to myself because when I'm not being kind to me, it's a lot harder to be kind to other people. And so I, I try to be so, really self-aware of, of how I'm talking to myself and be self-aware of, or be aware of other people around me and what, and be aware of their body language, be aware of what they're saying, how they're acting, because they may be having a hard time with something and need someone to notice that they're having that hard time. They may not come out and say it. They may not come out and ask you anything about it. But if, if given the opportunity, if you can say, Hey, Brendan, are you doing okay today? You just seem a little bit off or seem like maybe something is not quite right. Is everything okay? I can't tell you the number of times that I've said that to someone and had them open up and say, you know, I'm really not doing that well because of this, this, or this. And I said, oh, you know, and they just need an empathetic ear. They don't necessarily even need to have you give them advice or anything like that. They just need somebody to listen. A lot of times people will find it cathartic just to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm going through this or this, and I'm thinking about this, and I need to know about this. And a lot of times, even with my kids, They'll find the answer to what they're looking for just by talking about it without me having really to say anything other than give them little prompts. Oh, and what happened then? Or, wow, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. What, what do you think you can do about it? Those kind of things can make a, make a, a big difference. I, I've been rambling so much, I lost, I, I lost sight of what we were <laughs> originally talking about. Mate, it's, it's all relevant, it, but you're, really, you're taking us into a point now where I think we can get into some practical actions. I mean, you've, you've got this book out, been out for a little while, you've got another one coming, but around the kindness givers formula and kindness by design. So, And you mentioned that term self-awareness, you know, the, ch- the real change has to always start with ourselves. So how about you give us a bit of a, some of this practical stuff around what's this kindness by design, this kindness givers formula, what does that mean? What are the steps? And therefore we can relate to what can we actually do in our everyday life? Well, kindness by design is a personal culture creation system. It's basically identifying the behaviors that you want to have in your life to create a great personal brand so that people, when they meet you, will want to get to know you. And as they get to know you, they'll like you. And as they like you and get to know you, they'll trust you. We all know that relationships are built on trust. And how do we build relationships? There's a whole bunch of different things that go into building a relationship, but the keystone of that is connection. You have to be able to connect to people's hearts. And the greatest way I've found to connect to people's hearts is through kindness, <laughs> through, through acting you know, in kind ways, showing respect, listening attentively, listening generously, paying attention to body language, being honest, clearly stating expectations. There's a whole list of behaviors that are actually encircled about by what I call the circle of kindness that are inc- encompassed about this in the circle of kindness. And so it's identifying those behaviors And then, again, creating rituals around those behaviors or habits around those behaviors and practicing them 
on a regular basis. Like one behavior might be listening attentively. Okay, for this week, I'm going to focus on listening. That's a behavior I've identified. I'm going to, and everything I do, there's going to be something related to listening that I do in these situations. And the next week it might be, okay, honesty. I'm going to practice complete honesty. I mean, we, we always try to practice that all the time, but you know, I'm going to create these little habits around honesty, thinking about that. So it's top of mind this week. And then the next week, it might be a different behavior, but you, you identify those behaviors, you practice them a week at a time and you go through that cycle over and over again until they're ingrained in your nature. And it's the same thing with organization, with, with culture wise, with ingraining kindness into an organization or building a, a world-class culture is identifying those key behaviors, those fundamental behaviors, and then creating rituals and habits around those behaviors and practicing them one behavior at a time, one week at a time, over and over until you go through a complete cycle on over and over and over again. And it really ingrains that in the DNA of the organization. So not only you know, so many organizations will write their values and their mission and their vision, and they post them up on a wall, but they don't take the time to, okay, well, what behaviors do I need to have in order to really put those values, those beliefs into action, into practice? Too often people will, will merge or interchange beliefs and values and behavior when they're really two, two separate things. Beliefs drive the behaviors that you take. And if you haven't identified the behaviors and are taking specific actions, you may not be upholding the values that you've listed up on the wall. Doesn't matter what you have written there. It's what you do <laughs> that matters. And so those are the things around kindness by design and culture-wise. Now, if you're, if you're just talking about ingraining a daily habit of intentional kindness giving, simple, easy formula, and it's, it's in this book, the kindness givers formula. And I already talked about, I really went through it earlier. It's every day get up and determine I'm going to be a kindness giver. Every day get up and take five minutes or 10 minutes, however long you need, but think about where you're going to be, who you're going to be with, what you're going to be doing and pretend and not pretend and plan in your mind, potential opportunities to be kind in those situations. If you're going to be going to work, okay, I know I'm going to see Debbie. I know I'm going to see Bill. I know I'm going to see Bob. What good things can, have they done recently? How can I compliment them? Or I can at least say hi and smile or whatever it is, you know? And so plan out those potential things and then go forward and look for and act on opportunities to be kind. Look for and act on as many ways to be kind as you can reasonably. And remembering they don't have to be big things. They don't have to be big things. We can smile. We can hold the door. We can say thank you for doing this. Whatever it might be, we can leave a note of appreciation. And then the final thing is to invite and encourage others to do the same thing. And do you mind if I share just a couple of little stories that, that, that illustrate what I mean? Absolutely not. Feel free, Randy. One of the things, and, and, and spoiler alert, that this, this story is in my book, but simple example of how saying thank you can touch a heart and change a life. I was at a hotel. I'd been, I'd traveled to Louisiana and I, I had gotten to my hotel and I was coming down to the lobby. I was going to be meeting my partner, my, the other consultant that I was there with. And on the way, I could see one of the cleaning ladies coming towards me. And I am an extrovert to the hilt, Brendan. I just am. I, I, I never have an issue talking to people, but every once in a while, it's weird. I'll, I'll have this 
nervousness come over me when somebody's coming toward me and I think I ought to say hi or something. And then I just like, uh, you know, and, and I don't know why that happens. It just does. That was the case with this in this situation. And I, I was thinking inside, oh, I need to tell I need to tell her thank you for all that she does to make my stay comfortable. I think, oh, I, I don't know. I don't really want to do this. And then I said the thought, what am I thinking? I can do this. I just have to just force myself. So I forced myself to say, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for taking care of my room and for making it comfortable, for making my stay comfortable. I really appreciate it. I'll tell you, Brandon, I was so grateful that I did because this this lady stopped dead in her tracks. She looked up at me and she had a tear in her eye. She had tears in her eyes. She said to me, you know, I have worked here for four years. You are the first person that ever said thank you, ever. That pierced me to the heart. It's like, my goodness, how can, <laughs> I've got to make sure I make an effort from now on everywhere I go to tell the cleaning people how much I appreciate them. So, I mean, literally from that, that point on, every morning before I left my room, I was there for f- three or four more days. I left a note on my pillow saying thank you to the cleaning crew for all that they do to make my stay comfortable. And I've made it a practice everywhere I go. Every time I'm at a hotel, anywhere I am, I always leave that note and I say thank you because it, and I've had, I've had them write notes back to me. I'll come back and ha- find a note on my pillow and say, thank you for saying thank you. <laughs> and I'll sign it. I started signing it, the thank you man. <laughs> you know? You know, the thank you man has been here. But no, I mean, just that little touch, that little human touch, it makes a big difference. It's amazing how little acts of kindness give us a quiet power, a quiet sense of confidence. And they do the same thing for the people that we're doing it for. You know, somebody appreciates me. Somebody noticed me. Somebody cares. We all know it boomerangs. You give it away and it comes back. Our interview will continue after this. An expression of gratitude or reciprocity, no matter how large or small, is an important part of a healthy culture and relationships. Our friends at Jangler have a great app that allows you to send a gift card with a personal video, voice message, or funny gif. You can send right away or schedule to send on the perfect day and time. Set and forget. I like that. I have found it perfect for clients, employees, birthdays, or any celebration where I can't be there in person. It's quick, easy to send, and you can spend instantly, in-store or online, when you receive a card. Check it out at jangler.com.au. Once again, just great story and such powerful examples. I'm just thinking about, I'm being a little bit selfish here and thinking about my own situation. My, my wife and kids sometimes say to me, Brendan, I give a lot more time and energy to clients in my business and, and people in my network outside of my family. What do you think I should do to improve about showing that sort of value to my own family as opposed to always looking out first? You know, that, that's an interesting question, Brendan, because I, you know, I, I, being the kindness giver, you would think the first place that I would be working really hard on that is with my family because they're immediately around me. But I, myself, when I get up, I have to think, okay, I'm going to be a kindness giver today. What are some things that I can do here first? And so I look for little things right in the beginning of the day that I can do for my wife. Like, for example, I make the bed 
I make the bed. I don't, I, you know, when she's gotten up, she, she might be in the, in the bathroom or something and I'll, I'll hurry and make the, go around and make the bed. I will write a note to her and say, Hey baby, I think you're beautiful or I love you or something. And I'll, I'll stash it in her purse. I'll put it in her somewhere where she won't see it immediately, but she'll find it during the day for my kids. I'll do some of the same things or I'll, they're assigned to do a chore of like doing the dishes or something like that. Well, I'll go in, we have a dishwasher, but they have to load the dishwasher and then do the extra, the hand washing and stuff like that. I'll do a one minute contest with, I'll set the timer on the microwave. We have a timer and I do a contest in one minute. How many, how many dishes can I load in a minute? And I try to break my record, you know, and I'll count the number of things I <laughs> try to break my record without breaking any dishes. Um, it's a funny sport, Randy. Things like that. But I mean, just simple things I can do. My mother-in-law lives here and I'll go out and, you know, it's been really cold the last few days. So I, I, and she's, when her or my wife are getting ready to go somewhere, I go out and start the car for them and I scrape the windows off before they leave so that they, you know, so that they don't have to worry about it. It's just those kind of little things. So anything you can do, any little thing you can do, if there's something that you know drives your, you know, that your wife does, but she doesn't necessarily like to do some little thing, take the time to do it. Take the trash out take the dog for a walk or whatever it is, little, little things like that. Look for simple things you can do and just do them. You'll be amazed at how, at, at first, she may not say anything, but she will, and your kids may not say anything, but they will notice and they will notice and, and they'll be, they'll say, Hey, where's Brandon? And what did you do with it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm sure that they'll, they'll notice and they'll appreciate it. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense and absolutely. And the most important thing I take away from that is that it's really these very, very simple things and extending on that simpleness, I suppose, and relating this also back to organizations and cultures within organization and kindness being a foundation of world-class cultures. What would you say to the, the naysayers out there, I suppose? There's lots of leaders out there. There's lots of businesses out there that spend an awful lot of money on some pretty fancy tools and training and all that sort of stuff around creating better cultures. This stuff doesn't cost any money. What would you say to these people about, hey, this is what you need to do as particularly a foundation and you can start straight away? First thing is think about what is the cost of not having a good culture? What is the cost to you loyalty-wise if someone in your company is treating other employees or colleagues poorly? What does that cost you? Increases turn turnover goes up, creativity goes down, productivity goes down, innovation goes down. What is that costing you? Now it's hard that those are kind of tangential or in you know numbers that you are things that are squishy, if you will. You can't necessarily put a number on that, but you know what happens to morale, and when morale goes down, how does that affect your bottom line? You have more friction. You have more tension. You have more contention between people. How does that affect your the the service they give your customers? How does that uh, affect future opportunities? So those kind of questions. Now let's turn it around. When you treat your employees right, when they feel like they have a voice, when they feel like you care, when you give them the opportunity to be heard, when they understand what your cause is as an organization, really what your cause is and why you why their role matters in that cause 
and they know that you care and that you care about what they think and what they're doing, what happens to their loyalty? It goes up. What happens to your turnover rate? It goes down. What happens to creativity? Goes up. What happens to productivity? Goes up. What happens to innovation? Goes up. How do they treat your customers? They treat them well. Why? Because they like your company. They like what they're doing. They believe in the cause, you know, and when they treat your customers well, they believe in the cause. What happens with your opportunities with those customers? They're going to give you return business. And let me back up again. When you treat your internal customers, which is your colleagues and your employees, right? And they treat your external customers, right? They both, both of those client divisions or those, uh, those uh, groups, they end up becoming an extension of your marketing team for no cost because they're going to be the people internal of the organization. If you ever need someone to work there, if you have a job posting or whatever, they're going to be happy to say, hey, come and work at company XYZ. They treat you great. You'll be well taken care of and you're going to love it here. And you'll, you know, and they look for the people that are going to fit into the culture that you've established. They're, but they're going to be happy to talk to them about it. And they're going to be happy to talk to people about what you do. Same thing with your customers. When you treat them right and you take good care of them, not only are they going to bring you return business, but they're going to be happy to give you testimonials. They're going to be happy to say, hey, Brendan Rogers, man, that guy is fantastic. He knows what he's doing. He's got a, a great service. If you're doing this, this, and this, that's Brendan's uh, bread and butter. He will take care of you. And they're, they're going to get a, a whole bunch of extra business by word of mouth just because of the way that they treat people. And their reputation will precede them in the marketplace. There's all kinds of places out there online like Glassdoor and other places that allow people to go in and rate you know, this, com- this is company XYZ. How, how would you rate the CEO? Would you, do you approve of the CEO? What was your experience working there? All these different things. When you can go there and look at an, and look up, somebody can look up your organization and you've got a 99% approval rate for the CEO and a fantastic rating for the company. What does that say? What does that, then people are going to be banging down the door to come and work there. So all those, those things make a big difference. And, and, and how does that affect your bottom line? What do you think? <laughs> it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Should be. <laughs> with your role and leading with kindness, how, how do you feel that you can make the biggest impact to turn this into more of a no-brainer for people? Because you and I, you're sort of preaching to the converted. We're in a similar, I'm not in a kindness space, but working with cultures, it just makes perfect sense to me again. How do you impact that? I think the first thing is I have to build a relationship where I can get them and ask them, okay, so what are your, what are your concerns? What are the things that keep you up at night inside your organization? What are the things that keep you up at night? And they may say, well, the network is bad or this or that. Okay. Okay. So let me reframe the question. What within your personnel, within the people that you have in your organization, what situations or what challenges keep you up at night? And then once they, you know, if they can start telling, you know, talk, I can get them talking about those kind of things. Then I can pinpoint things that I can talk about that to help them alleviate those things. Here's how we can provide a solution to help you address that. Or have you considered this or this or that, you know, it just depends on how the conversation goes. But I try to, I want to build a, a relationship with them, start having a conversation just to find out where they stand, where it, what will help them the most? What things are their concerns and how I can address those concerns? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I want to go into 
the you used a term earlier on in the conversation societal climate change i love that term we're so passionate that the world certainly various parts of the world are very passionate about the climate change thing and and certainly we have to look after our planet 100% there's a lot of passion and drive around that I guess going back to that term, what you referred to societal climate change, there's no good having a planet that's looked after if our society's not healthy to live on that planet. Where do people start for you? We all need to change ourselves. Good change always starts with ourselves. What do we need to do? What do we need to be aware of moving forward to create this kind world that a lot of us say we want to live in, but there's a lot of people not taking action to create that? Well, again, I'm going to go right back to my kindness givers formula. Kindness begins with me, first of all. Take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And, you know, spiritually, people automatically, when I say that, think of religious. Religious, of course, I mean, for me, I'm Christian. I, you know, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so spiritually, for me, means, you know, I'm reading my scriptures. I'm reading my, you know, I have a daily devotional where I look up and, and read things about God and, and from leaders in our church, etc. But spirituality also means how you feel. What are you feeling? You know, because it's, are you feeling happy or are you feeling grouchy or, or sad or things like that? Well, what kind of things can you be doing to increase the happiness feelings? Well, we use the term in, in medicine called a dose, right? The doctor gives you a dose of whatever. Give yourself a daily dose by being kind. And what I mean by that is dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And every time th- that kindness is the one thing that we can do, kind actions are the one thing we can do that will bring all of those out at the same time. So give yourself a daily dose, put the kindness givers formula into action every day, take those simple steps. And then if, if I was going to write my book again, which I may come out with a second edition at some point, I would add one more step to it. And that's at the end of the day, take a few minutes and reflect on how your day went and on any experiences where you were kind or someone was kind to you and write down a few things about how that impacted you. And it's amazing how when you're counting those blessings, if you will, and having gratitude for those things, it it, it ingrains it in your heart. It's like you're taking a pencil and writing on your own heart and uh, it'll make a big difference. I want to just also refer back to you and I had a really lengthy conversation actually before we started to hit the record button earlier. One of the things you said in that conversation, and I wrote it down because it really resonated, was our thoughts precede our actions. Can you explain that a little bit? You know, there's the old saying, we become what we think about. And honestly, when we're, when, if we're thinking about how we can lift and build and serve others, and coming from that perspective, from that lens, personally and professionally, it's amazing how, you know, that kind of positivity attracts people just like honey attracts bees <laughs> or nectar attracts bees, like flowers attract bees. You know, it's like, it's almost like, you know, the people that when they come into the room that are positive, that are upbeat, that, that have a good attitude, they're like the, the, the moth flying straight at the light that's shining like the, you know, that's sitting there buzzing around. Everybody buzzes around those people. And the truth of it is, is, is as we become positive ourselves and, and look for ways to continually lift and build those around us, our relationships, our ability to create trustworthy and powerful relationships is going to continually increase and, and we'll be able to make a big difference that way. 
Excellent, mate. You referred to the kindness givers formula a couple of times in here and, and explained that to us. Thank you very much. It sounds like there's scope now for an updated edition from what you mentioned earlier, but you've also got another book coming out and it's going to be a series. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've got a four-volume series and, and called The Daily Dose of Positive. And volume one is going to be released within the next 10 days or so. And it's Daily Dose of Positive, Volume 1, 90 Days of Timeless Nuggets to Enhance Your Life. And it's basically just a, a daily quote for the day, something positive, you know, on a bunch of different bunch of different topics, leadership, honesty, integrity, kindness, love, renewal, hope, all these different things, but great quotes. And then I share, you know, my thoughts, what that quote made me think of, what it means to me. And then I invite, you know, I give a space where, you know, what are your thoughts? And you can write down, you know, what your thoughts are and are there any action, you know, in, inspired actions? There's another space to write down those things. What are these things, you know, the thoughts that have been shared, what do they inspire you to do? And it's just, a, it'll be a daily, a daily journal, a daily thing that people can look at and hopefully get some inspiration and, and make their day uh, go a little brighter or be a little brighter. Thank you for sharing, mate. I know myself, I look forward to certainly getting my hands on that when it comes out. I know you're going to let me know as soon as it's out, which is fantastic. As always, these simple things are often the most powerful things, aren't they? Well, and I didn't answer the rest of the question. There'll be three other volumes to cover the entire year. So the first 90 days, then the, then 91, and then 92 and 92. <laughs> Brandon was asking me if I could do like 91.33 and or 90.333 or whatever. <laughs> and it just doesn't quite work out, you know? It doesn't. Maybe for the analytically minded like myself, it does work out. But anyway, the, the marketing <laughs> guys will disagree on Guys and girls will disagree, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how can our listeners get hold of you? They can uh, find me at randymcneely.com or peepokinstitute.com, P-E-P-O-K institute.com, or I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, they can uh, find me there. I'm on Facebook and I have a YouTube channel, but those are still uh, works in progress. Uh, and I don't get on, I, don't, I honestly don't get on Facebook very often. So uh, the other ones are the main sites. Well, maybe you should get onto Facebook a little bit more and share some kindness with some of those trolls that people seem to talk about a lot. They're the reason that I'm not on there. <laughs> but I, sh I should get back on there. I should. Randy, I want to say a massive thank you, as I do to all of my guests, but I've got to know you, I guess, particularly over the last six months. And you're a man that lives and breathes kindness. I've seen that. I've seen examples of your kindness in some of the sessions we're involved in. You're living and breathing example of what you're doing, which is fantastic. I want to say a massive thank you for being a guest today, for sharing your knowledge around kindness. I know that I can take, I always like to take some action from an episode and there's so many bits of action I can take, but really simple stuff that I can implement and be more aware about today, just about being more kind and being deliberate about kindness. So thank you again, mate. Really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on as a guest on the Culture of Things podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Can I throw just one more thing out there? One more quick takeaway. Dare to embrace kindness. You know, it, it's not hard. You can do it. And, and, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of effort, but it takes courage. There are times when we might be faced, you know, talking to somebody who's angry or stuff like that. And it's easy to react in those situations. It's much better if we can respond 
with kindness and calmness because usually you can deflate the situation. You know, I'm going to show a quick sign just to let people know, you know, dare to embrace kindness. Can you see that? <laughs> I can see it. And you said it for our listeners. Fantastic. Embrace kindness. Love it. Em- embrace it. Yep. Okay. And I'll be quiet now. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Randy lives and breeds kindness. His kindness giver's formula is a simple solution that can have a powerful impact on achieving improved results on what he calls societal climate change. Every day, get up and determine that you are going to be a kindness giver. Plan in your mind opportunities to be kind during the day. Go forward, look for and act on opportunities to be kind. And these don't have to be big things. Invite and encourage others to do the same. And at the end of the day, reflect on how your day went and on any experiences where you were kind or someone was kind to you and how that impacted you. Kindness can be the best pandemic we can ever spread. An act of kindness is like throwing a stone into a pool of water. The effects ripple out to others and it keeps going. All it takes is one person to throw the stone. Randy is that person. These were my three key takeaways from my conversation with Randy. My first key takeaway, leaders speak the kind truth. It isn't about being nice. It is about being kind. Being kind means that you care about people. And this care factor means you have real conversations with people to help them improve. Leaders always speak the kind truth. My second key takeaway, leaders will be the change they want to see. A real leader, irrespective of their position, won't wait for others to make the change. They will take on the responsibility themselves. They will live the change they want and then have the kind conversations to reinforce it to others. My third key takeaway, leaders build people up. Through acts of kindness, leaders give people confidence. This confidence leaves a positive impact on the people you interact with, which will always be remembered. Spend time building people up, not knocking them down. So in summary, my three key takeaways were, leaders speak the kind truth. Leaders will be the change they want to see. Leaders build people up. To win this week's $30 Jangler gift card of your choice, answer this question. What is Randy known as? Send your answer to brendan at brendanrogers.com.au. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Culture of Things podcast with Brendan Rogers. Please visit brendanrogers.com.au to access the show notes. If you love the Culture of Things podcast, please subscribe, rate and give a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, a healthy culture is your competitive advantage.